Garrett and Susan and come and share with us. This is a, a special Sunday, and uh, as many of you know, there's uh, lots of babies being uh, born in our church these days, and we're really excited about that. And in fact, uh, moms, uh, this is the first Sunday that our family room is available for you to uh, nurse your baby in during this uh, service. We've had six to eight nursing mothers in our dining room facility uh, during this service, and uh, we have a very nice, comfortable room uh, set up for you where you can watch the service and uh, attend to your, your baby. But uh, there is a passage of scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 27 and 28, says, talking about Hannah when she uh, dedicated Samuel to the Lord. She said this, I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I ask of him. So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given over to the Lord. And so uh, this is just one verse along with um, the life of Mary and Joseph. The Bible says that uh, after the days of purification, Mary and Joseph brought baby Jesus to the temple to be dedicated to the Lord. And this is something that we do in our church. We don't baptize infants uh, in our church because we believe that... uh, Baptism is something that is to occur after salvation. And so a child or young adult, uh, they need to understand the decision that they are making. And then baptism is a uh, public declaration of their faith, that they're now a follower of Christ. And we see that in the book of Acts. But we do um, um, believe that uh, baby dedication is biblical, and so I am going to ask the three families that are dedicating their babies this morning, if you'll come on up and join me at the front. We have uh, the Dearden family and the Harnick family and the Webb family here this morning. And if they have brothers and sisters with them this morning, they're welcome to come stand with you as well. Let's come on down here, Noah, a little little further, okay, so that we can get everybody in the camera. Hopefully, hopefully our traditional venue can uh, see this, uh, see all the families as well right now. Well, moms and dads, uh, well, let me just introduce uh, the the little ones up here. Well, he's not little, but. Uh, <laughs> This is uh, Noah and Casey Harnick, and uh, they their little little girl is Olivia Adele, and she was born July twenty third, June. Oh, I have yes, I do have June twenty third. I'm not reading it. I need to make it bigger on my screen. And then next to them is uh, Scott and Sarah Dearden, and uh, they have Evan. And where's Abigail? Abigail. Oh, there's Abigail, melted into Daddy's arms. And then their little baby, Harper Rose, who was born July 29th. And then Natha and Jessica Webb. And their little girl, River Elizabeth, who was born August the 9th. So uh, aren't they precious? Yes. And they're not crying. They're all very well attentive. That's great. Yeah, now I've done it. Well, the Bible says 
in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, mom and dad. Train a child in the way he should go, or she, and when he is old, he will not return from it. I wish that was a promise, a guarantee, but it really is a principle. And, uh, and mom and dad, as you raise your, your children in the love and nurture, admiration of the Lord, as you model his nature, his grace, his mercy uh, in your children's lives, um, the possibilities are much greater that they will walk in the ways of the Lord. And so I know that that's why you are standing before us this morning, because you are making a commitment to the Lord, you're making a commitment to the church, that uh, you acknowledge that uh, this, this little one is, is a gift. And it is your responsibility for a short period of time. And it is going to be oh so brief. Don't blink, because... You'll soon be trying on wedding dresses, okay? I promise you, in the blink of an eye. But um, but in this period of time, um, God has given you a very important responsibility to raise them up in the ways of the Lord. And I know that that's the desire of your heart. So I'm going to read um, a statement here. And uh, if you agree with this statement, then you just... Uh, uh, in unity, say, I do. Okay? Mom and Dad, as you stand before the church today, do you hereby commit yourselves to walk in the ways of the Lord, being an example of God's love for your child, upholding them in prayer, teaching them God's word, so that prayerfully, one day, they will love God with all their hearts as adults and live their life for Him? If this is your commitment... Please say, I do. All right. Well, church, it takes more than a family to raise a child. It takes a church to raise a child. And as we're faithful to the local church here, as we're faithful of giving of our tithes and offerings, as we're faithful in serving in the nursery and the children's area and the youth area, we, we are coming alongside these families and encouraging their, them and being there for them. And so if you're willing to stand with them, to pray with them, to help encourage them, would you stand with them this morning as we go to the Lord in prayer? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for each one of these parents and, Lord, their love for you and uh, their desire to, to know the knowledge and knowing that, God, that these little ones are a gift that has come from you. And, Lord, I pray that you would give them godly wisdom, godly grace, godly, unconditional love and patience for their little ones as they grow. And Lord, as mom and dad go before them, walk before them, may these little ones desire to walk in their steps.
Because, Lord, there's going to be a day when they will have no, they won't, won't have their parents' steps to follow. And they will be on their own. And may they be looking to you, watching you, trusting you for what you want to do in their life. Help us, Lord, as a church to encourage them, to be here for them, to be faithful to your work. And I thank you for what you're going to do and for the glory, for the testimony that these families are going to be in our community in the days ahead. And we pray this in the matchless name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. You may be seated. And moms and dads, before you sit down, we have a gift that we want to give to you. There is a little Bible in there that uh, we expect them to start reading tomorrow. Uh, There is also a... A family Bible in there, or not a family, a, a, a children's story Bible that uh, teaches the children about Jesus throughout the Old and New Testament. So that will be a very uh, meaningful book uh, for your family as you train them up in the ways of the Lord. Church, would you show your appreciation to them one more time? Congratulations, you can be seated. Well, if, uh, men, if you didn't get to come to the men's breakfast uh, yesterday morning, you missed a real blessing. But uh, yesterday, uh, Garen was able to uh, share with us a little bit about what was uh, going on, has been going on in, in Togo, Africa for the last uh, three and a half years. And uh, I am so excited. I know you're so excited to uh, see Garen and Susan back with us for just a brief period of time. I think they're going to be going back in January. March? Oh, March. All right, well, I'm going to put you guys to work around here then. <laughs> but uh, we are so grateful for their presence and uh, seeing them again. And uh, God has been doing a whole lot. And I know that uh, for many of you have been supporting them beyond just uh, what the church budget does. And, and I want to thank you, too, as uh, your pastor, for being faithful uh, to their, their calling, their service. But uh, please put your hands together and let's welcome Garen and Susan Harris. And Susan, I haven't got to see you, so I need to get my hug. All right, good to see you. Let me get you a microphone. You want to hold it, or yeah, is this on? Turn it on. Okay. Bonjour à tous et toutes. Il y a deux jours, on ne sait pas de vous. Vous nous avez manqué beaucoup. So que Dieu vous bénisse. It's great to see you all. It's so glad we are so glad to be here. It, I cannot tell you how much your prayers and support have meant to us over the years that have kept us where we are, and we have some things to share with you. And it's a, it's a homecoming for us. It's just a, a true blessing to be here. It's a true blessing to have you as our church family. 
we see some new faces, and I'm looking forward to uh, getting to know you, and I'm looking forward to being reacquainted with uh, many old friends. Je suis contente. Je suis contente d'être ici parmi vous aujourd'hui. I'm happy to be here among you today. Je vous remercie pour tout le soutien. Uh, thank you for the support. Et la prière. And the prayers. Et pour tout l'amour pour nous. And all the love for us. Uh, je vous apprécie beaucoup. I appreciate you a lot. Mm-hmm. So, it is truly exciting to um, be home. And even though we sometimes feel uh, we live in two worlds, because we, when we're there, we are so missing things here and the people here. And when we're here, our hearts are also in Togo. So, um, but we are so thankful for everyone and this church as our sending church. We talk about you often. We um, feel your prayers, and uh, we cannot be there without all the prayer support and the love that you've shown towards us. And so we are there for you, and it's just an extension of um, all of you. And I am so um, thrilled to be able to see so many um, familiar faces and also so many of the new faces. And uh, we look forward to spending some time on furlough with you. And um, also I wanted to mention um, a special thank you for the prayer warriors that... Um, since we left, I have to be able to get through this, but um, since we left, we've had some, we call them the prayer warriors, warriors, who have been faithful every Sunday to pray for us. Every Sunday they pray between services, and um, just knowing that while we're in Togo has um, just kept us. I just know people pray, and we, God answers prayers in big ways. So thank you for the prayer warriors. Now before we start, we really have to start with just a greetings in Chikosi, the people group that we work with in Mongo, because it would be very impolite and very offensive to not do so. So, allow me. Anchenaba! Anchenaba, So, basically, you'll do that 10 to 15, 20 times a day, and if you don't, whether they're on the street, person you know... How are you? How's your family? How's your work? We'll see you later. So, very important. It's over and now. over and over. Yeah. <laughs> so now we can start. So, the slide one is who are we? Well, many of you know us. For those of you that don't, we have uh, been here since 1990 at Emanuel. It's when we moved to Ridgecrest, and uh, we're very grateful for all that had taken place. Uh, God had provided the um, means of uh, employment for um, myself. I worked on base uh, in the, uh, I was a program manager, and Susan worked at the hospital, and we were very grateful to be here in this church, involved in this church with various ministries, and uh, we have four kids. Uh, Austin over here is the only one that's married. No grandkids yet, even though those of you remind me, well, you look like a granddad. Well... (laughs) I'm not yet. So, anyway, uh, we got one girl back at Liberty in uh, Lynchburg, Virginia, and the other two here. So, uh, Austin and his wife Megan live here, and we're staying with them for the time being, and we're uh, grateful to uh, be here. Uh, Slide two. We are uh, Abwe missionaries to Togo, West Africa, and... 
Again, uh, I just wanted to share, have you share with um, the folks here what, um, what made us be motivated and make the decisions to go into full-time missions. The, we started going to Togo in 1997, and we were going on short-term trips at that time, and two to three weeks at a time, and every year, year and a half, we would go. And I would work in water uh, ministries where we would provide clean water in the villages, for the villagers to share the living water. And Susan being in nursing was uh, working in the medical area. So we started doing that and then uh, just got became more and more pronounced in our lives that God had put the desire that if you're really going to disciple somebody, you need to be there with them. You know, this two to three weeks per uh, trip was going to be good for a while, but it's not going to do what... God's saying what I need you to do. And so in 2010, we were commissioned by ABWE, the Association of Baptists for World Evangelization, to go to Togo, West Africa. And then we left here. We left Emmanuel in April of 2012. What's that? Oh, and uh, actually, factoids. So next slide, please. So this is where Togo is. Uh, it's a small country there in West Africa. A few factoids. Next slide. Next. There's 7 million people in the country. It's in the 1040 window. That's 10 degrees above the horizon to 40 degree, uh, equator to 40 degrees. And uh, it's the most unreached region of the world. Where we happen to live is actually in the 1040 window. Below that is not. So this part of Togo is... It's uh, where we live in the town of Mongo is 85% Muslim. Next slide. There are 14 tribal groups. The majority, the dominant group is the Chakosi tribe, who we work with regularly, but there are 14 total language, uh, languages and tribal groups. The language that uh, is uh, pervade, pervade, pervasive throughout the country is French. So that kind of unifies all the various groups. So uh, that's what that is. So we have a uh, five-minute video that I would like to play now. Okay, that's some shots there of our uh, uh, effort there. Uh, Our ministry focus is uh, we build relationships to make eternal impact on the Muslim population because it's all about relationships. We can't get Muslims to come to a traditional church. We don't have one. Therefore, we uh, have to work on a relationship-based approach where we get to know them personally, maybe invite them to a home group of two or three people. We have eight groups now that are doing that. And so that's, that's our philosophy of ministry. It's much different than what we were used to in the southern part of Togo where traditional churches and so forth was a means to evangelize. Here we have to focus uh, more on the uh, relationship. Next slide, please. This is a, uh, the village of Barquasi where we go to each week. We've been working here for the last year and a half, two years. Uh, there was one Muslim believer, the man in the middle there, and uh, he is maturing in his faith. He's still a relatively new believer, but it's a pleasure to have him. His name is Ali, 
And from that, we've been able to add some numbers to our group. We have about 12 people right now in the adult section, and Susan had worked with the children. We had 50 to 60 kids there. But uh, there's been some great things that have taken place in this particular village we've been uh, blessed to be a part of. Next slide. There's a story behind this uh, tree right here. This is one of the huge trees in the area. Now the MOBA, which is what the people group here is, are very animistic, and so they have a lot of emphasis on trees. It, you know, God is everywhere. It's in, uh, in everything and everyone, and particularly trees. They always have a... I can't tell you how many trees we've had, I've had to go to to pray under to have the trees stop screaming at them during the night. I mean, there's some you know, serious spiritual warfare going on there. But this particular tree here, which was right where we were meeting, belonged to one of the Muslims in the community. And when this group of 12 people wanted to start a church, all they have is benches and, and chairs. And so they wanted to put their benches and chairs underneath this tree and to get some shade, to get some shelter and protection from the elements that were soon coming. And this individual said, absolutely not. You're not going to do that here on my property under my tree. And they went to him several times, and the final time he said, no, I want nothing to do with what you're doing. You cannot do this. So that night, a horrendous windstorm came and did that to that tree. And so after that, he said, well, not only can you put your chairs where you like, but you can take the parts of this tree and build your shelter. Now, he has not yet turned to become a believer, but I can't help but think God has to be working on him somewhat. So it's, uh, that was a blessing to be a part of that. Uh, next slide, please. On the road to Emmaus, you know the story in Luke chapter 24 where Dr. Luke recounts the events that had taken place after Christ's physical resurrection. And the two disciples are walking along the road, and Christ comes alongside them, and they, they don't recognize him. He's talking with them. They still don't recognize him. And the passage in Luke 24, but up until verse 30, we see, When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he had talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And then they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they told the other eleven what had happened. And this passage has taken on a new meaning to me because I see the importance of relationship building because their eyes were not opened until Christ had shared a meal with them. So it has really uh, made a pronouncement in my life that in order to reach people really for the gospel, we need to become a part of their lives, regardless of what that challenge may be. Now, uh, dining on West African cuisine may not be everyone's forte, it's uh, somewhat challenging at times, but God uh, blesses in that way. And so we've had some interesting experiences. Uh, Susan could share more, and my son Austin could share a few things on that as well. But uh, nonetheless, the importance of building into that relationship. Another part of what really uh, 
stands out to me in this passage is Jesus had spent that time with the eleven. That his three-year ministry on earth had involved the eleven. But who did he spend time with here on the road? He hadn't even reappeared to them. This was after his resurrection. He spent time with them. And so there is no one that's to be discounted. Me personally, I would have run to the 11. I said, see, I'm here. I'm alive. Everything is going to be fine. He spent time with those two. So those are a couple of uh, things that stand out to me in in the uh, 24th chapter of Luke. Next slide, please. And that segues into this story. This, uh, this is Bawa. He is our night guardian. The missionaries have night guards because we're in an area that you need night guards. He is a very committed Muslim, very dedicated to Islam, and yet he is our protector. And he will go to great lengths to protect us. And these shots here are of his farm. At night, from 6 p.m. till 6 a.m., he works at our place as our guardian. And then at 6 a.m., he'll go to his farm and he'll work his farm for the rest of the day and then return the next night. And he, will, he does that continuously. So uh, we are very, very grateful to have him. But we told him we would go and work at his farm at one time. And he goes, oh, no, no, you can't do that. I go, oh, no, no, we're, we're going to do this, Bawa. We want to do this. He goes, really, you really do? And I go, yes, we really do. And so Susan and I went out there. We worked with him in his fields, and he was so taken back by that. He said, no one's ever ever done this for me. And uh, that has opened up so many avenues with him. He's not yet a believer, but he has told us that he will be our guard for eternity. I pray that that's the truth. I pray he is there with us eternity. Please pray for that situation. That's, uh, that's our guard, Bawa. Next slide, please. So these are our ministries in Togo. We do uh, water development, as I mentioned. We're in the medical ministry. We have opened up a hospital. Susan can talk more to that, but it's a 68-bed hospital with three operating rooms. We have 140 Togolese employees. And it's only a tool. It's a tool as a means to an end. That end is to church plant, to see the lost, to see the unreached come to Christ. The other ministries that we have are the chaplaincy program, which is is huge. Because when patients come in and they're hearing the gospel for the first time, there have been those that have said, can you come to our village and talk to us about this Jesus And that's where our chaplains come in. So we have five Togolese chaplains and three Americans. And it's a truly effective ministry. We've just now erected the antenna this past weekend for the radio station that will be broadcasting uh, health and care and uh, hygiene from the radio next to the hospital in addition to the gospel message. Uh, We have an agricultural ministry, uh, vocational training, that consists of uh, uh, one of the individuals in town, a Togolese, that we've set up to perform sewing. He sewed these clothes for us. And some of you that are wearing clothes that he has uh, sewn also, I can see here. So um, he works with the prostitutes for the orphans and the uh, marginalized. So that's a very effective training program that he has. He teaches them to sew, to cut hair, to bake bread. 
We have uh, missionary kids education, a lot of construction, as you can imagine, with a, a hospital the size that we have. Uh, we have the community health and evangel- uh, evangelization, which is medical clinics in the villages, and then we have the aviation ministry. Next slide, please. And this is the water development. Uh, this is uh, what we do, and many of you here have been with us on these trips. This one particular village on the right, the Togo team that came in November worked with me at and uh, provided water at this village. Uh, his name was Laya. He's a Fulani. Fulani are one of the hardest people groups to reach. He's the first believer in his village. Since then, his brother has become a believer, so there's only two in that village that know Christ. And uh, the chief is Chakosi. There's a lot of animosity between the Chakosi and Fulani, so there's a lot of trouble with uh, this particular pump. And I've talked with the chief. He's promised me that he would not lock it up anymore, that he'll keep it open, because when he locks it up so the Fulani can't get it, they have to go to the river, they get sick, they die. It's a bad situation. So just some of the many challenges that take place in this environment. Next slide, please. You're up. So the Hôpital Esperance is the Hospital of Hope. And every day um, people come to the hospital. Some of them come at midnight, at 3 in the morning. They start lining up. And um, several hundred are having, you know, after we have somebody that triages the patients as they come in, and several hundred are um, told to return in two weeks and three weeks because there's so many that are coming from four different countries. They're coming for health care. And so truly for the ones who come are very, very sick. And um, this picture here on the um, on your left is a a woman that had come into labor as I work in maternity. And um, women in Togo, they labor alone, and there's no family. Uh, That is part of their culture. They just go through the labor process themselves. And for you women out there that know what that would be like to have nobody help you, especially with your first baby going through labor and the pain, they, they don't have anything for pain medication. Um, so this lady, she came in and she spoke MOBA. So I couldn't even communicate with her. And there she was. And she, this was, I think this was her second baby. And so um, she was alone in there. And I thought, I just can't imagine being um, a woman like her that would just labor by herself. And uh, some of the Togolese nurses aren't even real familiar yet with really being in supportive care with laboring patients. So I went in there, and um, she was, I just kind of started rubbing her back and just say, do courage. Most people know what that means in French is just have courage. You can get through this. And pretty soon as she progressed, and those pains were getting harder and harder, she just would put her arm around me, and um, I would put my arm around her, and i just support her through those contractions. And after a while, we were just showing all this nonverbal affection as this was a way to support her during her labor. And I was thinking to myself, you know, here I can't even talk to her, but 
just through that nonverbal expression that I was there for her, it just made a huge impact in just that connection that I had with this patient. And so anyway, she ended up delivering the baby. It was a healthy baby. And um, I came in the next day, and we exchanged smiles. And she was happy to see me, and the baby looked nice and healthy. And um, after a while, she asked me, and through another interpreter, she said, can you come over and sit with me? I have a meal, a, a Togolese meal, and I want to share with you. And this is very unusual, as the Togolese nurses told me afterwards. They said, you know, that was really a privilege to share a meal with her right at the bedside. She sat on her bed, and she pulled up a chair, and it was Togolese cuisine. And so I was thinking, okay, Lord, just be with me as I eat this, because generally we don't do that, because... Um, just for sanitation reasons, and we get sick easier than they do. But the Lord was gracious. And as Garen mentioned in that story about the road to Emmaus, at that moment when I shared a meal with her, it was just um, just a true um, opening of my eyes to how God can use all of us there at that hospital, his presence and just his, um, his way that he can work through me. I'm just there to be used by God, and it was just really a beautiful experience and it really was one of the changes that I thought was very significant in as I started working maternity because in the maternity ward at first I saw a lot of death lots and lots of women come in and um, have uh, fetal demise which the baby dies in utero so much death I saw the first two months and I was really overtaken I thought Lord how am I going to be able to do this I just wasn't used to seeing all this death of premature babies and multiple babies and um but it's a way of life there. So the Hospital of Hope provides um, just God, just for them to hear the hope that they can have. And um, the word of Jesus for so many is just the newness of who Jesus is. And um, Anyway, the second picture shows um, the nurses' aides. And three other colleagues in mine taught nurses' aid classes to 20 nurses' aides who were learning about hospitals. They were mostly Muslim and had never worked in healthcare. And I had to teach this in French. And I tell you what, all of you that were praying for me, especially during learning French, this was huge. And it was such a challenge for me. And I kept thinking, Lord, I can't do this. It's just hard. And But I know that you were praying because the Lord to- totally equipped me for this. And um, um, the nurses' aides now, as we've gone through that, I just realized that with all things... Things are possible with God, with everything. You know, he enabled me. He quit me for something I thought, there is no way I can do, Lord. And um, But anyway, God came through. And now the relationship that we have with the nurses' aides, I would never change it for the world. All that I went through to get to that point, but now we have a bridge with them and a closer relationship with them. So um, several of the nurses' aides, four of them now, um, in our departments we have Bibles and different... Um, tracks, kind of like tracks about the gospel as the chaplains come around. And four of the nurses' aides are really becoming interested in this. They have never heard, they know of Jesus as a prophet for some, but most of them have never heard who Jesus really is. They only know the lies of Islam and the darkness that pervades that uh, religion. And so um, it's really exciting to see these um, nurses' aides being interested in the gospel. And we had our first set of triplets born in June. I missed the birth. But this lady came in, and it was her ninth pregnancy. She only had one living child. And she came in in her early months of pregnancy, her husband and her, and they just could not even fathom having and going through another pregnancy and losing another baby. And the nurses, um, midwives that were there, prayed with her, 
they did an ultrasound um, to see how far she was along, and it showed that she was having triplets. And they were just uh, taken back like triplets. Well, they did not, after that point, want to do anything about termination because they were really thinking they just wanted to terminate these babies. And, of course, we wouldn't do that, but they just wanted to um, find out what they could do and how far the babies were along. But anyway, they decided not to do that, praise God. And every day, this woman came in for 10 or 12 weeks for fresh yogurt. The the midwives made her fresh yogurt every day and gave her two eggs to help with the protein so that she would carry the babies full term. And she did. And they came to the hospital just in the presence of um, of the Lord Jesus there, and they witnessed so much going on. And um, we're hopeful that uh, this family will sense the presence of of Jesus and come to know Him too. So, uh, there. Unfortunately, though, the babies did um, all three go home at about one month old, but then all three um, had malaria. So one has since died. So. Um, we were sad to hear that, but um, they have two healthy boys. They were all boys. So, um, And as I think about that, this um, I'm reminded of a passage in Revelation that I wanted to read with you. Revelation 5, verse 9 through 13. And I think about heaven and what, what it will be like someday for all of us when we're up there rejoicing and worshiping with our Savior. Um, Let's see, it's Austin's Bible here. It's a little bit small print. Uh, Let's see. Um, and, uh, And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God, and from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. And then I looked, and I looked around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the voice of many angels, number, numbering myriads and myriads and thousands upon thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and glory and honor and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and earth and under the sun and under the sea and all that is in them, saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And this just is so moving to think that someday every tribe, every tongue, every nation will worship the Lord together. So I just uh, wanted to share that verse with you as it's meant so much to me living in Mongo and... um, that's for my part of the sharing, Garen. Next slide, please. So if you're here and you want to see how you can be involved, obviously I mentioned the prayers that you have offered up, those of you that are supporting in this effort as well. But these are some specific areas that uh, if you'd like to invest in kingdom building, certainly the prayer support, the short-term trips. Uh, you can talk to Fred Henderson and others concerning the short-term trips coming to Togo to visit us. We will put you up in the finest, and you will have the finest cuisine. We'll make sure of it. So no, no problem there. You can talk to those that have been with us, by the way. So uh, also, we have an urgent need for medical help. If you're a nurse, a doctor, know of a nurse or doctor that would like to spend any time at all at the Hospital of Hope 
in uh, 2016 in particular. We have 12 American nurses now that are spending a year to two years there. Their time is going to be ending here, so we need to really recruit heavily for our medical personnel. Construction personnel, we've always got a lot going on, right? We've got a solar farm going on. We have a missionary kids' school going. We have two new houses needed to be built on the compound for surgeons that are coming here in the next two years. We also have a guest house hospitality. You can talk to Susan more about that. She's had to do a lot of work in that area. Those are for the visiting teams that come in. The guest house is a very important ministry of what we have. Next slide. Uh, these are some specific areas if you would like to be involved in the chaplaincy program that I mentioned. They put uh, the Jesus film, the audio, the gospel message in the various languages on SD cards. In, and we can get a cheap Togo phone and put that SD card in the Togo phone. And they can hear the message in their language. Uh, the Bibles, the songbooks, uh, a replacement of a complete pump in a village, $850 for a village of five to 1,000 uh, 1, people. That's uh, lasts roughly 10 years. Uh, the hospital care fund, the various surgeries, medicine and care, the women's maternal fund, pediatric fund, snake anti-venom fund is $200 per treatment. We had some problems initially when we opened the hospital March 2nd of this year. There's a particular species of snake in the region that bites a lot of people and uh, the patients would come in and they were dying and we used this anti-venom that we had used in the south that was good for the mambas and the cobras and so forth but the uh, soft-scaled viper was a new species or a species new to us in that region and so until the hospital director could make a connection in the country over in Benin we did not have the uh, anti-snake venom so we lost five six seven eight patients right off the bat which was a very difficult situation. And then musical instruments. Uh, there are churches two hours south of us in Kara and down further that have the traditional church that like the instruments uh, other than the African drums. And so if there's any instruments you'd like to contribute. I think that's it. Next slide. This is the Barkwasi village that I, I had mentioned earlier, and this is where Susan was working with the kids. And uh, they were so happy to be able to color and just for someone to spend time with them to go through the gospel message and so it was a, a great ministry and a, a, a great something that we actually looked forward to very much each week because it was a break from a lot of the uh, work that had to take place during the week so that's it for now uh, I would just like to say that not everyone is called to overseas missions I'm very well aware of that but if you are a believer here you are called to missions of something, whether it be the ministries here within our church, whether it be within the community and outreach to the community. Maybe it's just going next door to a neighbor or opening up your home or establishing that relationship. So I would just uh, encourage you to, uh, if you're not involved in something like that, please do so because uh, God doesn't necessarily offer suggestions that, we want to be obedient and uh, ser uh, be a, a servant mind to him. So, again, Emmanuel, I appreciate all that you have done. You are a true blessing. It's an honor to be here before you today. And uh, thank you for all that you do. Thank you. Thank you, Garen. It's rather exciting, isn't it?
that uh, Garen and Susan are over there, and they have sacrificed so much to answer God's call. And uh, they are helping us fulfill the mission that we have here at Emmanuel. Our mission is to know and to follow Jesus Christ and make him known to all people. And uh, Garen and Susan are taking the gospel to the all people. Um, And so I want us to just pause and thank God for uh, what he's doing in, in their life. Uh, I want us to sing. I want us to sing a, a song, a celebration, of praise of who Jesus is and what he's doing among us, what he's doing in their lives. Uh, if you're here this morning and, and uh, you feel as if God is calling you in, in some way to uh, be part of, uh, of this mission here at Emmanuel, whether it's here or abroad, uh, I want to encourage you to go into the dining hall and, and pray with one of the elders this morning uh, as uh, as God is speaking to your heart and as you're searching searching that out. But uh but let's go to the Lord in prayer and the worship team's going to come and we're going to we're going to celebrate. Father, thank you for Garen and Susan and Lord the the tremendous sacrifice that they've made to go to another land that is totally foreign to what they have grown up with here in the United States. And uh, Lord, they've left behind family and children to answer your call. And Lord, even in that great sacrifice that they've made, It doesn't compare to the sacrifice that Jesus made for each of us. And we thank you, uh, Father, for sending your Son, Jesus giving up your life so that we might have life. And, And Lord, as Garen and Susan have made that sacrifice and have gone and shared the good news and have shown people the good news, Lord, we're trusting you for a tremendous harvest in the days ahead. And I know that these relationships take time. And the seeds that have been planted, God, only you can cause the growth. Only you can bring people to yourself. But God, it requires missionaries. You have sent people to places to tell others of who you are. God, we pray for an abundant harvest among the Muslim people of Mongo. And uh, Lord, that that those who come to know you would be missionaries to their people. And uh, Lord, that there there would be churches planted in Mongo. All the all the churches are in the in the south. And and Lord, wouldn't it be a beautiful thing to see churches planted near the hospital? where new believers can come and and be discipled and and hear God's word each and every week. So continue to bless, Lord, this ministry. And I thank you for the important part that Emmanuel and and many members of this church play in Garrett and Susan's ministry. 
Lord, we're here again to lift up Jesus and to thank you for who you are and what you're doing among us. I pray that you would use this song of invitation just to encourage encourage hearts in this place as we listen to your voice. And that, God, we would be people to say, here I am, send me. Whether it be next door, across the street, across the city or across oceans. Lord, help us to respond to your call in Jesus' name.